Thank you for joining the Blueprint Podcast Series. We hope that you're staying healthy and safe wherever you may be. Blueprint is a podcast dedicated to showcasing entrepreneurs, creators, innovators, and thought leaders. As the world is changing, we're going to be connecting with our guests virtually and continue these conversations that serve to uplift and inspire you. Our special guest is Shireen Patsak, Managing Director of Editorial Products at Digiday. How's it going today, Shireen? It's going pretty well, all things considered. <laughs> I mean, all it could be worse. All things considered, exactly. All things considered. <laughs> On our podcast, uh, obviously, we get to know our guests. Um, wanted to know a little bit more about your career trajectory and kind of what brought you to DigiDay today. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of keep it simple and uh, start with sort of the big picture. So I run, uh, as you said, editorial product at DigiDay Media. Uh, for the people who don't know, Digiday Media operates our flagship brand, Digiday, which is about media and marketing, which is probably how, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you know us. We also have two other publications, Glossy, which covers the future of fashion and beauty, um, and Modern Retail, our newest brand, which covers the reinvention of retail. Um, so in, when it comes to running editorial products, that means um, I run lots of different things across the organization. Um, one big thing is sort of helping accelerate, you know, our member content, everything to do with subscriptions um, and the growth on the content side of the subscriptions, helping our subscriptions team with that. It means coming up with new editorial products. Um, we have some exciting ones in the works in this new virtual world we live in. Um, and that also means, you know, helping support various sort of editors and different people across the organization for projects and products that they want to work on, whether it's multimedia or it can be copy and more and more video um, these days. So it really runs the gamut. But, you know, I've kind of, you know, spent a lot. I've been digital a long time, especially in media years. So I've really sort of grown up at the company. Um, when I joined, we were uh, pretty small. Uh, we're about under 20 people at the time. And now we are over 85 people um, across New York, London, and with an office in Tokyo as well. So wow. it's, it's been quite a journey. That's amazing. And in terms of um, Digiday, I mean, obviously, you guys have been a great, not just news source for us, but also a partner um, where we've spoken at some of our events and, you know, we've um, been lucky to be a part of um, and attended events. Um, you know, how do you guys stay ahead of the trends and how do you guys stay, um, you know, current with all the different uh, news sources that you're probably up against? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, one thing is, you know, we are, we are a media organization. We have a team of almost 30 fantastic reporters and editors um, in our newsrooms, you know, in New York and in London, um, who are sort of the best people to uh, stay on top of those trends. I mean, we really consider them sort of subject matter experts when it comes to their various areas of coverage. So a great example actually is our events business, you know, that's a, which you just brought up. So uh, for example, Dinesh, last time I saw you, we were, uh, it feels like a lifetime ago, we were yes. in very sunny Palm Springs, California at a media buying summit, which uh, a digital media buying summit. So um, thank you so much for coming to that, by the way. Uh, it was a really, it was a really fun time and I hope we can get back to doing events, uh, in real life very soon. But, you know, the way we come up with sort of the programming for those events are all driven by editorial. We talk to our editors and reporters who are out there talking to 
agencies, brands, CMOs, you know, ad tech companies all day, all the time. And we say, hey, what are you seeing? What are you noticing? What are the big themes? And then we bring them to life, not only in the, you know, the digital pages of digiday.com, but also on stage at our events. So everything we do really stems from kind of understanding and living the industries that we cover and doing that through great journalism, uh, which is why I think, you know, um, I'm really proud of sort of our editorial mission, which has always been around honesty and authority and also not taking things too seriously, understanding that, you know, we are covering people, businesses, and we, we can cover them in a myriad of ways. So I think that's the, that's sort of the mission that has kept us um, staying ahead of a lot of things that have gone, going on, but also it's rooted in sort of journalism, which, which I think is the best way to do it. That's great. That's great to hear. Um, and then, you know, that kind of brings me to my next question. In today's world, um, everything has changed. I mean, you know, and everything changed so quickly, right, for getting from, like you said, like, I think a month ago, we were in Palm Springs having a cocktail um, outside. And now we are, you know, in our apartments, we're on lockdown. It's a global crisis. Um, you know, what are some trends that you're seeing as brands and advertisers or even agency partners are, you know, adapting and how are they, they, they dealing with this? Yeah, um, I'm so glad you used the word adapting. You know, that's definitely been sort of a little bit of our mantra in the last, especially few weeks as this has really accelerated. Um, you know, we, it's, it's great timing we're talking about this. So today, for example, we, uh, we actually unveiled something that was in the works, a new Digiday redesigned homepage and website. And cool. a big part of that was sort of, you know, adaptability. I think it's, it's obviously a super uncertain time for a variety of reasons and for all sorts of businesses and all sorts of people right now. And I think what we're going to see right now is sort of how can we all adapt? So as, as an organization, as a media organization, we have to adapt. We, you know, can't do events for a little while. And so that means we're going to be focusing. We've always been really focused on kind of our memberships and premium content, but we're going to be focusing on it even more. We're going to adapt our existing events business into doing more virtual events, which we'll have more information on. And I think that theme of adaptability stretches across sort of every industry. So we're, for example, you know, we're looking now at uh, brands that have adapted to doing virtual sales. They've adapted their personalization approaches to be focused on how to do this virtually versus in real life. We're seeing right. how people are using their people differently. Um, people who used to be maybe stylists and store associates can now be redeployed um, and retrained into doing different kinds of things. Um, and on the agencies as well, you know, it's, it's the same story there. I think we're about to see some really major shifts and some real issues when it comes to kind of people's balance sheets, their Excel sheets, their cash flows. We're going to have some tightening here of the funding. We're going to, obviously, a lot of advertisers are pausing campaigns with, right. um, and with a lot of major events like the Olympics and so on being postponed right. and some even just being canceled. There's going to be a lot of pressures on every business. And I think we keep coming back to this idea that we will focus on the people that adapt to this changing environment and they do it quickly. And you know, the, the thing is that this is going to expose some weaknesses, but it's also going to expose people who are able to be flexible. Um, and we're looking to sort of tell the stories and celebrate that as well. You know, there are, right. there are pockets of positivity in this. It's the Italians singing on the balconies kind right. of thing, right. Like right. things like that happening in our industry. Right. Um, but that's one big thing that we've really talked a lot about. 
That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like even, you know, our agency, like a week ago, we were talking about maybe we're going to be fully remote. And then it was like, you have to be fully remote. And so, and then we had the tech set up and, and we went ahead with that. And um, I mean, we've been lucky that we've kind of like, I think efficiency in a way is like, everyone's just so focused and like our teams are like really plugged in. I think it's just yeah. a distraction. It's anything to drown out the noise of all the bad news, you know? So, exactly. And I think people who are yeah. able to do that, I mean, we've been, it's been uh, about the same here. You know, I've been so impressed and not surprised, but just impressed with like the way the teams, not just in our organization, but everyone I speak to have pulled together and just said like, we'll, we'll change, we'll be flexible, we'll pivot quickly. I mean, you're doing this podcast now remotely, you know, it's all yeah, things like exactly. that. And right. the other big thing is you mentioned working remotely. And that's so interesting to me because I think the big thing now is acceleration of things that were already happening. You already had, right. you know, people who were more comfortable working from anywhere in the world, you know, right. we, right. and some of this, I wonder, you know, maybe some of these changes will sort of stick. Maybe yeah. we will be more understanding and in, in the way that, you know, offices have worked will change the way that, um, people are shopping will change the way that people are consuming information will change. So, so that's a big part for us as well, looking at what trends this will accelerate um, and that'll just, we're already on their way. Right. Okay. And then, um, you know, you mentioned that you currently work with brands to create new editorial products, um, you know, and experiences. Talk to us more about kind of the strategy behind that, you know, and, and, and like, yeah. what do you look for when you're working on these experiences? I think, I mean, the big thing is, you know, we're always looking at uh, what are we going to do to have a more direct relationship with our audience? So, you know, events are a big example of that. You know, they're probably our most direct relationship because we talk to people literally, you know, in real life. Um, but uh, another big, obviously, direct relationship we have is with our members across all, all three of our publications. You know, all three of our publications operate in a metered paywall model. Um, so if you subscribe to Digiday Plus, Glossy Plus, Modern Retail Plus, you get access to all of our content, but you also get access to premium and exclusive content. Um, and a big part of, you know, the work I do is focusing on how to keep making and spearheading some of that exclusive content while working with our uh, various other subject matter experts. So one example would be, you know, this week we launched um, a brand new kind of media briefing that our senior correspondent in the UK, Laura O'Reilly, is writing. And it's, it's great. It's going to be going out on Tuesdays. Um, and it's going to be for members. And it's really sort of an in-depth analytical look that takes Laura's innate knowledge and subject matter expertise and translates that into just a really great column that she's going to be working on now. So that's a great example of an editorial product that, you know, we're really focusing as a member product. Not everything needs to be monetized through memberships, you know, so events are a big part of um, how to make money. Working on creating new podcast products or new multimedia products is a big part of it. We have three podcast, we have four podcasts, excuse me, um, across our three brands right now. We're always looking at doing special series and so on. We do a lot of pop-up briefings, a lot of pop-up newsletters. Um, so the big strategy really is how do we keep, keep that sort of direct connections that we make with our audience? How do we keep that funnel you know, alive? And also how do we keep driving people down that funnel and also then eventually sort of convert them into members and even our event attendees and so on? You know, we've always said sort of 
we, we, we sort of chafe against the word trade publication sometimes, right. but you know, mm -hmm. the idea is we're part of these industries that we cover. Sure. We are, we are, you know, we are the people that they should be turning to when they need to do their jobs better. Right. Um, so that's always been a big priority for us. And a lot of that strategy also means new parts of the business. You know, one thing that I've been working on now is sort of building our research arm. So we have an amazing qualified panels across, you know, fashion, beauty, media, marketing, media buying um, that we often survey. So for example, we just did a survey last week around, you know, just the first order impacts of this entire situation mm -hmm. on publishers mm -hmm. and, you know, creating original research is something we're really interested in. Again, we're uniquely qualified to do it because we don't, we have an existing audience that we can then right. ask mm -hmm. and they are people like you, they're qualified, they know what they're talking about. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that's part of the strategy too, but it keeps coming back to how do we ensure the most authentic and direct connection with our audience? Got it. Excellent. And then getting into, getting back to, um, you know, today, um, and are there any interesting stories that you can share on brands that are kind of adapting to this fast changing marketplace or any, anything that you can share for our CMOs out there that things that are, you know, exciting and uh, inspiring to you in terms of what brands are doing and how to tackle this. Yeah, I mean, I think Nike is a really great example. You know, they um, they actually just released earnings yesterday, and uh, we covered a lot of this on Modern Retail. Um, but it's really interesting to see again how that adaptability is serving them in good stead, and I'm really sort of encouraged by that. You know, Nike spent a lot of time. Um, building a direct business, uh, and this was before all of this. You know, they said we're we're gonna we're gonna build this direct business, and even though their sales you saw yesterday obviously fell in China in the second quarter, overall sort of they're going to get some impact here. But because they have spent all this time preparing for just a healthier um, business model, they're you know I think going to come out of this sort of they're going to have to they're going to be able to mitigate a lot of the shock here, um, and also they also happen to have done an amazing job sort of creatively telling that story. I mean I'm sure some of you have seen um, the great advertising creative that has come out of Nike in the last kind of week even. I don't, they've pivoted really quickly. They've clearly, clearly worked with their creative agency to do it, but I you know they had this great ad sort of saying like if you've always dreamed for playing for the world, like this is your chance. Play for the world by staying at home. And wow. Nike's like inserting itself into the cultural conversation that doesn't feel tone deaf. It doesn't feel like, oh great, like here's a brand, you know, muscling in when this right. is a literal life or death situation, but it's a way that it's actually doing good. And I think they're just, I mean, they're doing good from a business model perspective and I hope that it sort of stands them in good step, but they're also doing good from a creative, they're using their platform in a smart way. And I think overall, you know, brands that are, that sort of take a stand and yeah. do good in this time are going to be the brands that people remember. I mean, we've, right. I'm sure you know all the brand purpose talk and I've been known sure. to sort of make fun of it, you know, in the last year, I'm always like, oh great, another brand with brand purpose. But this is the time, like, put your money where your mouth is, you know, this is the time people I think will remember people like this. Right. And that's a great point because I think a lot of the brands we're working with are, you know, the same way, like figuring out one step at a time like what do we do to tackle this crisis but i think a lot of people are thinking less about the specific messaging to address the crisis you know mm. and, and more focused on you know how do we get the right products in front of people and not not purely for like a sales perspective but just trying to figure out what's happening you know but i yeah, think it's a great example exactly. that you share that they're tech tackling that head-on and they're actually 
um, being a part of that conversation. You know? Yeah, and it's just about being useful, right? It's yeah. like to your point, if you if somebody makes a product that is useful in this yeah. time, like I think people will sort of remember how to be useful. I mean, everything from you know LVMH pivoting to making hand sanitizer to sort of. GM looking into, you know, how they're going to make medical equipment. But in some ways, it's like we're going to sort of see, we're going to see kind of something there of of people remembering this too. And I think it's a really, it's a nice thing to see because everyone can do something. And we're actually going to have a story running tomorrow on brands that are just doing good. And it doesn't oh. have to be huge. It doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of small DTC companies are doing great things by changing the way they're going to be working with their staff. You know, right. people who treat their staff well at this time are going right. to be remembered. I think, um, and that's across businesses at this time too. So, oh, just in terms of like internal policies. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people who are able to do the best that they can. Um, you know, are and you know, everyone's under a lot of pressure. But yeah. at the end of the day, I think we're going to see we're going to see sort of a lot happening uh, in a good place too, and we're going to remember the people who did it. Yep. Okay. Great. Um, and then I just get going back to um, some of the work you're doing at DigiDay. Um, you know, you were reporting on challenger brands. Um, and, you know, what are some trends that you were noticing with challenger brands? I guess pre all of this yeah. world stuff that we're in right now. And, and are there any specific brands that you're seeing that, you know, that have been thriving? Yeah, I mean, you know, challenger brand, digitally native brand, startups, whatever you want to call them, have been a huge focus area for us. I mean, they're so... They're just so interesting. Kind of let's talk, you know, pre-crisis first, but, you know, they're kind of upending the way things are done. A lot of them are founded by people who are digitally native themselves. So they just, they've seen a lot of ways people have been marketing and launching things and said, we can, we don't have to do it this way. So in some ways they're unencumbered by kind of legacy structures. A lot of them, for example, you know, um, work differently with partners and agencies than legacy brands do. They work with different equity-based arrangements. They work with different pay-for-performance arrangements. I'm sure you're, you know all of this. But, you know, they've, they've upended sort of what it means to launch a brand, what it means to market a brand, um, and how they run a brand, too. You know, a lot of them, a lot of the founders are just really inspiring, interesting people with great products to sell. So, you know, challenger brands have just been really interesting um, for a variety of reasons for us. Uh, the other thing is also, you know, they are also, the, the way they're changing the industry around them is interesting, kind of how they choose or not choose to work, for example, with an Amazon or sell on an Amazon is, is sort of a big topic. And I think the interesting thing now is like, how a lot of legacy brands, so-called legacy brands, are adapting and adopting some of their uh, some of their tactics. So, you know, I mentioned Nike. You know, Anheuser Busch has been spending a lot of money, kind of create like a direct-to-consumer business. You've seen kind of P and G, you know, spend a lot of money building their own direct-to-consumer businesses, but also acquiring a lot of direct-to-consumer business, uh, direct businesses. Um, Coca-Cola has made investments in you know beverage brands like Dirty Lemon. Um, through Iris Nova to make this happen. So I think the flip side of the story is very interesting, how challenger brands are just by simply virtue of existing and disrupting are causing changes for the big companies too, how they operate. They want to be more nimble. They want to, you know, future-proof themselves. So they've been really interesting. Now the big question is, you know, who sort of survives? Because there was a lot of money flowing into this industry. You had a lot of VCs, a lot of investors, you had a lot of excitement, understandably, and in some cases, you know, we'd already started talking about this in January before all this really hit here, but 
it felt like it was a year of like sustainable growth. Like last year, people were just growing like crazy. There was a lot of crazy types of valuations flowing around. There were, you know, I heard from founders who said they felt like because of all the pressure, they were like trying to grow two to three times, you know, faster than they really should be growing, you know, causing, spending too much on customer acquisition. There was a lot of cash flowing out. And already it felt like sort of this was the year of, slowing down. Let's think sustainably. Let's think profitability first, you know, which sounds crazy to say, but it was not something people were thinking about. And now I think we're going to see, again, acceleration of that. You know, sadly, the funding is going to dry up and VCs are going to be focused on, you know, places that didn't have runway to begin with are going to be in more trouble now. So challenger brands are I'm a big believer in a lot of these companies and sure. they've done some amazing things. Um, but now it's the time to see like who really, who really sort of makes it out of here, you know, um, with the least amount of damage too, because there's just, there's going to be, it's going to be a tough road ahead. Right. Okay. Um, and then I guess, you know, advice for um, professionals and, and people that are coming up in the industry. Um, you know, you obviously have a lot of experience in, in the industry and you bring lots of great knowledge to it. Um, to, to Digiday and to your perspective on advertising, you know, what, what are some tips that you have for young professionals, especially now um, coming up in, you know, in wherever they are and, you know, whatever position they're in, like what, what is your advice? Um, I guess the biggest one is don't, don't ask for the job, just start doing the job. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's something that like I really learned at Digiday and I'm thankful that I got the chance to do it, but I've seen that, um, I've seen that that has been sort of a really good thing to start doing. If you see a problem in front of you, you know, just start fixing it. Just start fixing it. Start investigating. Sniff around the edges of it. Figure out what can be fixed. See who can you can ask for help. Whether, whatever, in whichever place you're, whether you're within an organization or whether you're looking to get in an organization or whether you're just maybe you're a freelancer. But I think a large a large thing that you know has always I think worked well is not sort of sit back and wait wait for it to happen. I mean. you are sort of your own career CEO, like you're going to have to manage your growth path. And I think growth goes two ways. You know, I think too many times what ends up the temptation is to sit back and say, okay, the company will manage my growth for me and I will just wait. And as long as I keep doing the thing, people will just, it'll just happen. It'll be sort of a treadmill that I keep just running on, but that's not what really happens. You sort of have to take it into your own hands. And I think um, more than anything, it's sort of you have to be in charge of charge of that. So I always say to people, kind of just start doing the next job. Start sure. just start doing the next role, and eventually they'll give you the role. I mean, eventually that'll that'll be what happens because they'll realize you're really good at it. Um, so it's a it's a it's a it's a way it's something that's worked, and it's something I've seen work across yeah. teams, even that even at Digiday um, and even elsewhere in the world. And I think everyone everyone that I know is great has always just sort of stepped forward and just done the thing. That's great. Great advice. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess one, one other question on just career stuff it, in terms of, you know, how everyone's gone to work remotely the past 10 days. And a lot of people that are, um, you know, younger in, in positions or coming up in companies and have never seen a crisis like this. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen a crisis on this scale, but I've seen other things happen. Um, you know, what are some positive things that you've used to keep you know, keep the same energy, keep the same drive, keep connected with your teams, anything that you can share uh, that you're doing, you know, at Digiday or, or you personally that that's effective? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's going through their own thing. I think the biggest thing is to never assume um, anything about what's happening in other people's lives, especially right now. I mean, you yeah. have no idea 
you have absolutely no idea. And I think understanding that you don't know and then making when necessary the the effort to try and understand is probably the best thing. You know, I will I'm sure you know, I'll just call people and I'll say, "Oh, I'm actually just here to chat. Like I'm bored, you know. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm just here to chat." And then the things you'll learn will kind of astonish you. And I think especially right now having empathy is a, probably a really good. I mean, it's I think in some ways, you know, managing through any sort of crisis means kind of making hard decisions. There are some hard decisions facing a lot of people sure. right now. Um, sure. And, but you know, it's, I think having empathy for what the other person is going through, what, even if you don't know what it is, just assume that there is something that you have no idea about. Um, yeah. You know, we've talked a lot about keeping our spirits up. We've talked a lot about just understanding that there might be bad days and there might be really good days. Um, yeah. And we just have to be okay with that because at the end of the day, like it's a people business and I don't think like nothing is more important than that, but it's the time to kind of step up sort of empathy and kindness for each other and their, and your teams um, as much as possible. Do a virtual happy hour once in a while. That always helps. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing that we've been sort of really focusing on. And at least I've been trying to focus on and just telling everybody to. Yeah, that's great. Um, and just, you know, for everyone that's listening, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working, when we're not, um, you know, on a lockdown? Uh, what are some things that you do that uh, you enjoy? Um, well, I've, uh, the nice thing is that uh, I have a really good kitchen as of a couple years ago when I moved okay. into this apartment. So I've actually learned to cook, which is oh, something great. I don't think anybody knew I could I could do and I certainly <laughs> didn't think so so I've learned to cook Indian food all from nice. scratch um, wow. just something I'm sure my family uh, who is you know I'm Indian uh, would really appreciate what's your, what's your best dish so I make a really good pepper chicken curry that Ooh. I adapted like a bunch of different recipes and ideas to it requires nice. like 19 spices it takes oh, a long wow. time but um, it's a it's a nightmare. Um, but it's a lot of fun to do. But I'm getting I like hungry. To, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> it's only it's only ten thirty. Um, but yeah, and then you know I I run. Um, I'm a runner, so that's been actually something that's kept me relatively sane right now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah those two good things. Okay, great. All right, thanks again, Shireen, uh, for you know yeah, joining us today. So next Digiday event we can look forward to is something that's going to be virtual that you're going to be announcing soon. Yes. It's going to be really exciting. Actually, we're going to start, um, we're calling them plus talks They're for mm -hmm. right now for members only. Um, we're going to be hosting them through the month of April and they're all going to be about sort of, you know, adapting to a new reality. We're going to hear from people who've managed through crises. We're going to hear from people who are, fundraising through a crisis we're going to hear from people who are managing retail stores during a crisis so talks um, are a big product for us um, so definitely you know if you're not a member you should become a member and sign up for them and then we'll have more coming up for sure all right great well we really appreciate your time and um, hopefully we'll connect with you again soon that'd be great thank you so much stay, stay healthy and we'll, we'll talk to you soon